Hey, Stu, your rent's due, motherfucker. Hey, Aries, you heard about that new uh, podcast app called Anchor? I sure did, Andy. Guess what? It's time to pay some bills. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. And they have tons of creation tools that allow you to record and edit your own podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And we know you know about that money, Jew boy. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go download your Anchor app now for free, or you can go to anchor.fm to get started today. Can you feel it, baby? That money? Yeah. And don't be pulling that falling down the stairs shit on me, you hear? Aries. Andy, what's happening, baby? Dude, uh, I just want to call you real quick and let you know I just read this. Two men involved in the fatal shooting of Armad. Arbery have been arrested and face murder charges and aggravated assault charges. Okay, so that's part one. Now part two is they have to get convicted. Yeah. But but they ain't but they ain't cops, so it should go down. He was a cop. Ah uh, shit. Nah, let's do this right. Alright. Come on, America. So come on, baby. This this is good news, but we scared. And in other news. Dun, dun, dun. Here's where I'm hyped. I just saw it. And I know it's real because Mike Tyson fucks with Be Real from Cypress Hill. And Be Real posted it. Mike Tyson is fighting Shannon Briggs. He's fucking back. There you go. I can't wait for this. The only thing that would make me more hyped than this is if Michael Jordan came back. But I'm telling you right now, between the last dance... And Mike Tyson coming back. My era, 80s, 90s, 40-year-olds in the building, we're back. Uh, I think that uh, Mike Tyson has a way better chance of winning his fight than Jordan coming back the way he looks right now. Absolutely. Uh, and, and listen, last dance, Tyson's back. If we could just get MC Hammer to get back in them pants, nigga, we made it. I think that could be worked out. Can't touch this. Tune in, guys. Two hours coming at you right now. What's up, Aries? What's happening, man? Dude, did you, uh, this is the emergency podcast. We had a record today. <laughs> oh Yeah, I, you know. Um, Even if it doesn't come out, we're recording today. Yes, I, I know that uh, we're supposed to do emails, and we will. Uh, but uh, we got to get, I guess, some serious shit out of the way, right? Uh, do you want to? Yeah, I, I, there's no other way to. We can't fucking pussyfoot around it. I might as well just jump into it, right? Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you begin. I, nah, I mean, what's the guy's name? Ahmad. Yeah. 
they call Aubrey? mod. Everybody call yeah. They call mod though. Yeah, the brother that was jogging, and uh, I guess two white supremacists. It's actually tracked them down. It's actually three that they know because the guy who did the recording, he's the guy coming up behind now. Okay, so yeah, the three, but then the two guys basically shot and cold blooded, uh, shot him and killed him in, clo- in cold blooded murder. Um, and as far, and you tell me because you'll probably know more about the details. Have arrests officially been made? No. Um, what what they're saying and, and, and they're they're giving an a uh, an excuse and it's an excuse. There's no other way to 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 say this. And I always, you know, I always try to look at both sides. And the, the the excuse they're given their side, but I can't I can't accept that excuse. Is that the two prosecutors have already recused themselves because they knew uh, the law enforcement. One of them is a retired law enforcement officer uh, who worked at the DA's office. So two of them have recused themselves because they couldn't bring charges against him because they had intimate workings with him. So the third one has finally recommended to convene a grand jury, but it's this took place two months ago. And, you know, for the sake of, uh, of why I can't even, like, try to go to the other side and say, well, these are the issues. This is why it hasn't happened. If it's white, if it's a white dude killed by, by black dudes gunned down in the street with a video, this isn't, we're not waiting for the right prosecutor. We're not waiting. We got to be honest. White people have to be honest right now. They're not waiting. So this, this, I can't even give, uh, a, I can't even give a look at that other side right now. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It, it hurts. When I say embarrassing, I'm embarrassing as a white person who has spoken about the the possibilities of uh, an equal America. Uh, it's embarrassing to me in that front. It makes me feel like an asshole. It makes me feel like everything that I grew up with, everything that I believe, everything that I know in my heart to be true. I, I can't see it right now. You know, um, it's something that we know would never happen. That, To your point, I think desperately should happen. But before I say that, so I, I, I think, uh, like, you know, remember when we had Shabazz OG on? Yeah. I saw him do one of his posts. You know, um, the, the actual footage of dude being murdered. And then, of course, him in the same frame talking about it. And, you know, one thing about him and when we interviewed him, you know, he, he he's almost like a, re- a reporter for the news. No matter how tragic something is, they have to stay, uh, what's the word? Uh, tell me if I'm using this wrong. Bipartisan? Yeah, they're supposed to stay bipartisan, yes. Yeah, they're, they're supposed to stay bipartisan and not take a side, never be too emotionally invested, because <clears throat> their job is just to to report the news. Yes, as they the have, Yeah, as the anchor, they're not supposed to be invested as the person they can be, but as the anchor what yeah, they project yeah, yeah, outside. Okay, yeah. Right, but as the anchor on camera, they're never supposed to get emotional. And he for the most most part doesn't get emotional. And it, you could see him getting emotional. Um as he should, uh as we all should. Um and then cut to DL Hewley posted a clip I guess if it, it would almost look like uh, a bunch of townspeople, a bunch of black people, some with signs, but just a shitload of black people marching towards the killer's house. Yeah. Now, again, in my quest to try to be a little bit more cautious about what I say, 
here I am about to not be cautious because no, no, because this, this, this is, I'm being cautious because I didn't post anything, but I'm saying it to you. In my mind, I thought the only thing these people are missing is pitchforks and torches. Um, because again, this fucking, what are we, and I'm not trying to, that's me in the, in the heat of an emotion. I'm not trying to really advocate, yo, you, you, you go there with guns, you break down the door, you fucking, you grab them, you, you, you physically fuck them up and advocate violence. Even though historically many times white angry mobs Tulsa. break into the jails Tulsa. Of, of, of black men falsely accused of sexually assaulting white women and then go on to hang them from trees. But what I'm ultimately trying to say is, again, I'm not advocating violence, but enough has to, we get tired of this shit. And when I say we, and I know white people too, the ones that care, but we as black people, we get tired of this shit. And back to what I was going to say about something we will never see, what a powerful statement and image would it be if white people were so fed up by it that just like they can go to, you know, these, 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 uh, the mayor's office or chambers or sit inside the lobby of a, of a political building with assault rifles demanding that they want the country to reopen, what an image would it be to see a mob of angry white people with guns defending this black man's, uh, not defending, but you know, taking up for this black man's murder and demanding that these guys be brought to justice. What a statement that would make. But that's something we'll never see. So again, as much as I hear you and I believe you, and I believe there are a lot of white people like you who are angry, fed up, understand that it's bullshit. But, you know, words are starting to mean less. Words don't mean anything at this point. Right. Uh, It's action. And... Uh, listen, you know, as you said that, I want to say something. And, and again, people are going to hear me and they're going to be, well, this is white guy action. Well, here it is uh, Sean, on Sean King's page on Instagram, who I think is doing the most with this right now um, about detail wise. I mean, everybody I, I, I like seeing I like when I open up my Instagram and I see every page, almost every page is is speaking truth right now. But what I'm saying, uh, Sean King's page gives a lot of details, a lot of updates, and what to do if you want to participate, if you want to help, um, from donating money to being part of the run. Uh, man, I would love to see. And here's the question, though: Like, I'm going to be honest. If you if you're white, I think that if you you would be nervous to join that group in some aspects because you're the white guy in where this just happened. But on the other hand. It's time to put that past, the nervousness past, and join because. But, but nervous in what sense? That something's going to happen to you? Yeah, because you're just. I, I, and I don't want to use this uh, example, but it's the. Uh, it's you know what? I'm going to use it the right way. I'm going to I'm going to explain the idea of why we're in this situation as white. But people. just before you do, let me just let you know. Uh, to your point about being afraid something's going to happen to you at the hands of black people, we're better than that. And we know better than that. Well, so so you don't. Have, why why a white person would ever have to worry about that is is somewhat ridiculous. Because of the images that the media used in the Rodney King riots, where but you oh, got, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah, you got to understand 
that's a powder keg. I, I understand that, but that's what I think that they would. That the, some of the fear could have been for. I'm not. I'm not saying don't go. I'm saying go. I'm saying despite your fear, get past your fear. Do what you need. Do what you need to do. Because here's what happened is what's happening in white America right now, and we kind of started to touch on this where I was careful and say I'm not advocating for a revolution. But here's here's the situation that white white Americans who have said who have said, along with myself, who have said, that's not me. But saying it and not doing anything about it isn't enough. And here's the problem. You have groups of people where you have racist white people on one end of the spectrum. Let's put a majority or bulk of of white people that I think would want change for the better, for uh, the equality of all people in this country. And then you have the system that constantly beats down minorities throughout history of this country. So we are in that middle. And if we have, because we haven't made the change, because we haven't fought the system, now we are going to be identified with the racist side because we're in the middle. We're in a sandwich between racism and systemic racism. And now we have to do something because we are in the middle of a shit sandwich. That's what it is. Because if you haven't taken up any, if you haven't done anything to make change, you identify with both sides now because you have let the problem continue. As a white person, you have let the problem continue without doing anything, without raising voice, without making change. And with that being said, the fear that I, what I was saying with the fear is if you think any way like I do and know that to be true, you know that up until this moment, you haven't done enough. And so that's where your fear comes in. Right. You know, you just said it again, and I almost forgot, but when you said that word, uh, revolution, because you said that before, and we kind of, we kind of, you know. Tiptoed around it. Tiptoed around it. And again, when when I hear that word, revolution, maybe there's different meanings. Maybe you could define it however you want to define it in terms of, what that actually means in terms of action. When I hear it, and I hate, again, I hate using the word violence because it, it's about bloodshed. It's about people getting hurt, possibly killed. So I, 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 I'm, I'm nervous saying revolution, but I just feel like, you know what? And I, and I, and I, and I kind of, you know, uh, D.L. Hewley, sent out a post this morning of a cartoon image. Yep. And it was white privilege versus black life. And it it was the white guy with the assault rifle yelling in the cop's face while it was the black kid laying in a pool of blood and the cop saying, oh my God, I feared for my life. He may have had a gun. And I said something again, not to get too political and deep, but I just went, you know, people people keep going, we got to vote. And you've done this, you've said it a hundred times. We got to vote. We got to vote. And I said, again, in anger and frustration, voting ain't nothing but an illusion to make you feel like you have some say. Because ever since we won the right to vote and we've been voting, this has still been happening. So obviously voting is bullshit. And many people hit me back and go and said, what would you suggest we do? And the word revolution popped into my head, but something has to happen past voting. I'm not, again, advocating violence. I'm not saying it should be violence, 
Because again, I believe that if we were to do that, that is a suicidal fight. We are not going to win, period. Black people will get slaughtered. And all the white folks that, racist white folks, that want to have an excuse to make it hunting season will now have one, along with the police who can legally kill us if we went that way. So no, I don't know what the solution is, but it feels like, you know, whatever you define revolution to be, something's got to happen past voting. Well, you heard, did you hear what Diddy said? Something about hold your vote? And people mistook it as like not voting for Biden to allow Trump to win again. Um, what he was, what he was advocating was that the vote is no longer free, that there must, that there's has to be, that there has to be something given to get that black vote. What, and and the DL was talking about this today too, uh, uh, later uh, this morning, Uh, not bad idea that, that, uh, but what is the message is what DL is asking. What are, what is it that we, we want? What is it that we need to what what is what is the first uh, domino that needs to fall so that we can start this progression? And he advocated for uh, better schooling for uh, poor minority neighborhoods, um, uh, education. And, and there was there was other things that he said, uh, health care, better, better health care for. Uh, so what he was what he's asking for and what uh, did he meant? And some people didn't catch that is that it's not about saying, hold your vote, like don't vote. What he was saying is if Biden wants to be the Democratic nominee, what are you going to do to service this disserviced part of America? Right. And and that's no, a, that, 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 that makes sense. Because revolution can happen politically. There can be a political revolution. We can do it politically, which is my which obviously would be the preferred way to go about this and see change real change i believe and like i've said from the beginning in my like I, how i said i believe that this is possible because of the uh, of what this country is supposed to be and when i say it's supposed to be that's where i lose people and again it is what it's supposed to be what i think of it how it should be and it is possible to get there but have we? I'm wondering if it's we waited too long, and I'm not. I'm not advocating, like I said, for a, a, a revolution, a violent revolution. But you know, there's a, a, there are going to be, unless something's done soon, there's going to be consequences. Yeah, there, there's going to be an uprising in areas. There and and right and, and I and I. This is the hard part. It's going to be an uprising in areas, and rightfully so. But that doesn't mean you know, the outcome that is needed will come from that. This is where we have, uh, this is the obstacle. I would rather see it done political, a political revolution. I would love to see, um, the vote earned from minority communities that the, the politicians earned that vote and actually were held accountable and made the changes. But we, as, as America has proven, they don't, we don't, we don't change that political system that much. It's moved way too slowly. Right. You know, it's funny because we always talk about how far we've come. And, you know, I'm always one of the first people to go, you know, things aren't as bad as they used to be. We've obviously made some change. And we have. But then you hear people say things like, or hear black people say things like, you know, yeah, we had slavery at one point in this country, but now slavery now is just the prison system. 
You know, once upon a time ago, yeah, black people were were lynched and hung from trees. Well, based on that video you just saw, it was a lynching, except it wasn't a rope; it was a gun. Yeah, it's like a coupon. murder. Mur- murder's murder. I'm not gonna. I'm yeah. not. I'm not trying to make a joke out, but it was like a a, a coupon. No tree needed. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah. so so yes, we have come far, and there has been changes. But when some of the same shit still goes on that shouldn't be going on at all, you know, yeah, once upon you know once upon a time ago, we had face-offs with the police being brutalized by the police. It's still happening today. So yes, we've made changes, but it's like you're spitting in the wind. Like, I, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it sounds stupid to say we've made changes, but yet the shit is still happening. But, and then this goes to what I was saying. I think that the, and again, I want to believe I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start saying that way. I want to believe, and then we can leave it at whatever I just said, but I want to believe that the, race, that the racism that those white men obviously were wearing isn't reflective of the majority of white people. Those are the people that, in any community, there's bad people in any community. But unfortunately, they're representing us as the community. The problem, the reason this has become an even, even bigger issue Besides a killing of this man by racist white men, the problem is the system, and this is where we get back to what I said originally, the system didn't step in, and the system continuously doesn't step in. That's why if we can make changes to the system, I think we can make changes across the board, but the system is what the problem is. The system is what's led everybody down. The system is what does, hasn't changed. And people that are living on the coast, New York, uh, California, you could say your system has changed, but it hasn't. California is notoriously for bad policing. There's videos out right now. The system- oh, uh, let me tell you, let me tell you on, on that note about uh, policing. And you mentioned California. Um, Shabazz OG posted another one today where there was footage of the, I think it was a Hispanic dude being arrested. He's detained. He's in cuffs, hands behind his back. And there was a white cop dude and a white female cop. And this white dude cop just starts wailing away on this dude, punching nonstop. He's arrested. His hands are behind his back. No signs of resisting. And his partner, the female she looked baffled, like, you know, what is he doing? Had to support him. What kind of halfway was trying to stop him, but wasn't? Because then she would have been going against the, you know, the, 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 blue, the blue wall of the blue brotherhood. Right. And, and Shabazz went on to say, hey, man, this is a hate crime. The way he's punching that man in cuffs, not resisting, that is a hate crime. He should be charged with a. Those punches are hate, and I and I and I never looked at it that way. But I went, damn. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna set this stage for people that want to question the other side of that and say, well, we don't know what was said, we don't know what the process was before. Here's the process: these are police officers, paid and trained to be police officers. If it is in a violent situation, I don't care what anyone says you are supposed to handle that as a paid professional 
trained employee of the government and handle it in a professional way. So if he called your mom something, all that you have to do is put them in the car. That is not your, you are not street justice. You know, this is what's funny in how I'm saying this. We're talking about a fear of street justice happening right now when we're watching videos of police using street justice. Right. I mean, how that, that's why I can no longer just say that I can't. I, I, if you can't sympathize with the situation, empathize with the situation that black America finds itself in at this very moment because of this. I, I don't know what's wrong with you. I, I don't know what's wrong. with you. Well, let me let me go back to what I was saying about, you know, what an image it would be to see white people get involved with the same intensity of frustration uh, that we have, um, and, and it sucks that we, we, I mean, look, we shouldn't have to have anyone co-sign for our justice. You know, hey, if we're all under the same umbrella as human beings and God's children and what's supposed to be deemed right, then no one should have to come to the aid of you to make your situation significant but the reality is when white people get involved it adds more value to it and i had a conversation with this this girl named shannon this white lady named shannon who listens to the podcast regularly and i just want to read you something she wrote she goes um uh i will support the best way i can meaning the podcast Listening so far has taught me that I have an extreme amount of white guilt. And I said to her, it's not white guilt you should have. It's education and understanding. Long story short, sweetie, you got to do more than just say, I'm not racist. That's not enough. And she goes, oh, I try and educate myself every chance I get. It goes beyond understanding for me. And I just do feel a tremendous amount of guilt for things that have taken place in history and things that still take place. It, it, it is a twisted, awful world that we live in, and our country is completely awful. I am no one. I am a poor female who grew up in the hood, and my voice matters to no one. However, just because my voice doesn't matter doesn't mean I don't have one. And regardless of what people may think and feel about me, uh, I feel very strongly about the things I feel. And her last thing she says is, let's be honest. The fact that I am a female, white or not, will not matter as long as 45 is in charge. Now, I didn't say anything further to her, but this notion that some white people have that they go, maybe because I grew up poor or whatever, my voice don't matter. When yet we could see the footage of white cops handing out masks and peacefully dealing with white people in, in regards to this COVID situation, when cut to, they beat niggas up in the streets for not having masks or being out when they're not supposed to be. When white people are out when they're not supposed to be, they get handed masks and get treated accordingly, nicely. When black people are out when they ain't supposed to be, we get the shit kicked out of us. So I wish some white people would stop believing that just being white holds no power. Well, It holds all the power. It doesn't hold. I, I don't agree with you that it holds all the power. It holds a lot of power. But it they 
for her to say that she has no voice, every, you know, I don't want to get all Confucius, but every drop of water, uh, I forgot how, I, I can't even get Confucius because I don't know what it means, but a drop of water consistently po- dropping on a rock will make a hole in the rock. So the point is, every one of us, everyone that, that thinks that they don't have a voice, doing something makes a little change in that rock. And over time, and I don't even want to say over time, over the amount of people that do it, that can change how the structure of that rock is. I want to play something for you because I've been accused, uh, and you're going to have some emails on this, because I keep saying it's not just it's not just color, it's money. I want to play for something for you from your favorite movie, and then we can get into this a little bit more. And I want to add the money into this because it's important. Uh, Sorry, before you play it, let me just say, you know, Patrice O'Neill, elephant in the room, when he does the great joke about white women missing versus black women missing. And he goes, white women life is valuable. And white life has always been more valuable than anybody else's life. White voice, white everything has always weighed more. And that's just the reality. I'm not going to deny that, in, 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 but I'm going to talk about it after I play you this. Yep. Come on. Bitch. What I try to tell you. Lesbian. What I try to tell you. This country, you gotta make the money first. Then when you get the money, you get the power. Then when you get the power, then you get the woman. All right. What I'm trying to say is the, the I, and you, when you said white women visually, and this is this goes to a huger problem. Usually, when you think of white, then you think of the riches of white. And so that's what gives the power. And that's what I keep saying in the money. And it does in in the fact that if this was a white person that was in the same situation where they were gunned down, they have the power in the DA's office. They have the power in the political arena. They have the power to make sure that shit doesn't happen. And that didn't come power didn't come without the money when i when i'm saying you go to a poor neighborhood and whether it's minorities yes you might have a better chance of getting out of that poor neighborhood if you're white but that poor neighborhood gets the same impoverished decisions made on it and america is going to find out and this is where when i started talking about revolution in my my way not having it not advocating for it but when enough white americans And the blockade for poorness gets put up so that there's so many more white Americans that are in a pool where they find they're no different. And they're going to see that they're no different than blacks, Mexicans, or any other minority that's come to this country as far as their wealth division. That it's going to be too late. It's too late then. And a revolution will occur immediately because white people won't let themselves be in that situation. That being said, this situation shouldn't be happening right now. I can't advocate for revolution, but I'm going to say if it happened, I couldn't say that I wouldn't understand it. Let me ask you something. If, if, if a white person was jogging, if a, if a young white 20 year old male was jogging and you saw on camera, two black dudes pull up and murder him that same way. Do you think arrests wouldn't have been made immediately they would have been made immediately they would have been made immediately i don't care what anyone says they would have been made immediately How, okay, okay. Uh, go ahead however it, it wasn't in this case because uh, you you said white guys getting shot 
Yeah. If two black dudes had murdered a white guy like that, they would have been arrested immediately. We have consistency in America where we could show every case that they would be arrested immediately. They would not be at their house today. They would not be at their house enjoying their life free after what they did. Before we even go, you know how you know that that's true? Did you see after the video, after you see uh, the shooting and you see the man go down, did you see how casually he walked away from the situation? Did you see how he walked away as if nothing bad happened? Yeah, that, that's all that's all part of the, the mindset, you know, that he can do that and, and expect to not be reprimanded. I, it, it, it is astonishing to me. And also what it goes to also show you not only about being white, but being part of the legal system, being part of a, being a retired law, a law officer working for the DA's office. He knew what was going to happen next. Okay, so how does money play into that? Because them dudes don't look rich. No, I, I'm not saying because well, working for the DA's office, you see how money affects power. You see how money affects government. So the so the, so so the system and the things that have been put in place for white people to protect each other legally, systematically. What part does money play into that? You don't get to make changes in the system without money. Look, 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 look at this for a second. To, to, even, to even prove that, look at, look at um, um, Omar. What, what, Black Wall Street. What, give, me the, give me the city. Black Wall Street. Uh, 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 well, I don't know. Shit. What you... uh, Omaha. Uh, Omaha. Wasn't it Omaha? I don't even know what city it is right now. I'm, I, I said it earlier. I'm just that. I'm, I'm a little bit fired up right now. Black Wall Street in general. When money was being made. And black businesses were booming. And millionaires, doctors were happening in the black community. What happened to those communities? They got burned down. Because, because they were still black. So if, yeah. if, if things wouldn't have changed, what, what, what were they worried that was going to change? The money, okay, but you see, the money but you see and you, the power. But you, Wait a minute, though. But, but did you see what you're doing now? You're doing two things at once. You're saying on one end, that if you got the money and then and you got the power, that things are different. But yet when black people have money and power and were self-sustaining, white people burned it down. down. I understand. So we, hold on, hold on. Yeah, I know where you're so, going. Go ahead. So where did that where did that money protect them? Where was that power? It didn't then. It, so let me quote Don King. Let me let me quote Don King. It don't matter how much money you got in America, you're still a nigga. You keep trying to say on one end that it's about money and poor. It's about poor versus rich. So when black people were thriving in the 20s and 30s, had their own neighborhoods, their own everything, did not need to eat from the table of white people's hands and self-sufficient, straight up hate, racism, and this nigga can't be better than me, got it torn down. So... A racist society, wait a minute, a racist society historically has always shown not only don't they give a fuck how much money a nigga got, they even hate it because you're better than them. And how dare a nigga be better than them? And when they burned down those communities and when they hung those black people, 
and shot them in the streets like dogs? Did the system protect who? The white people. And this is this is where we agree, and this is where I go to back to what they said in Scarface. And I know I'm using Scarface as not the best reference, but it is. First, you get the money. They had the money. Then you get the power. They when you say that, you're about black people? Yes. They got the so money. You, so, so, okay, so they, were suppo- they had the money, and then from there, what were they supposed to do? They have to get the power. And how were they going to do that? This is where I just said when we were talking – Either we make changes to the system that has been historically racist because it was set up for white people with money. Exactly. And they're not relinquishing that power over their dead bodies. That's the attitude. I, and I'm agreeing over with you. my dead body. I'm not disagreeing with you. That's why I just said unless changes can be made politically, this cannot go on. But when I'm saying rich versus poor... Only a small fraction of white America controls what happens, and that's the wealthy. That's the rich. It isn't the poor guy in his name. Think about the money spent. Who do we make money off of? We make money on the lower middle class and to poor. That's where money's made. That's where government programs are set up so that the, the companies that have those programs can make even more money. That's how money's made. We have power as poor, but not as, not as an individual, as a group. That's why when that white lady says, I, I don't have any power, she doesn't have power in her voice alone. We have power if we continue to chip away together a lot at one time. Even, even if we don't chip away together, her power beats black power. As little as she thinks she don't have, if you put her little bit of white, her little bit of power up against a black person with a little bit of power, and they both come from nothing. Her nothing will always trump a black person's nothing. I'm not going to disagree with you, but if she got it, if she stood in front of the black of the black person being accosted by the police officer, then they both have power. What did I just say? Yeah. We need white help. I'm not disagreeing. I'm just right. trying to put in what I, my perspective on money is to this conversation. I know, but you I, you, you keep driving the money point. Like, that really makes a difference. And it really doesn't. History has shown that. I was watching the movie Rosewood two nights ago. Uh, it's a movie with Ving Rhames, direct. Tulsa, by the by, way. Tulsa was I the city I was looking for. Right. Sorry. Uh, about, about a true event that happened in, in 1923. Uh, about a white woman uh, accusing a black man of sexual assault. Of course he didn't do it. But they damn near killed half the fucking town. And, and, and I think they said around... Uh, a couple hundred black people were slaughtered and killed. And at one point in the movie, as these white guys are getting riled up to go look for this mysterious black rapist, one of the white guys says to the other white guy, you know, so-and-so up the hill, he has a piano. That nigga has a piano. I ain't got a piano. And he was upset about that because piano being this great, expensive, uh, sophisticated instrument it's, it's like it, it define. It's like it's like a class thing. How dare a black man have something I don't have that's deemed expensive and sophisticated and 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 uh, artistic? He's better than me. I can't have that. That is why, and what you just explained as well is why these I, this group of white people who don't understand white privilege. This is their argument. This is what they say. 
on what you just said. How can I have all this privilege? How did I get this huge head start and I can be in the same exact place, if not further behind? That's why they try to say they don't have privilege because they don't see it the same way. I am not saying I agree with them. I'm just telling you what fuels their fucking racist thought process. Well, I think it's more than that that fuels it. Well, I think there's a uh, lot more to it, but that that's part of it. Right. That's part of what that's why they're going there's no such thing as white privilege. <laughs> right. Uh it's excuses. It's all excuses. I, I, of course it is. Of course it is. Uh you got anything else on this? I mean I I, I yeah, I do. This is the only thing I have to say. I put out a post, and I, my post is not important. Go to Sean King's page. Don't post on my post about how horrible it is if you see it. Go do something about it. I didn't put it up there so you could just tell me. I already know it's horrible. Whatever it is, is as small as you think it might be, do something. Anything, but do something whether it's reposting it on your page so that everybody sees it, which people are going to say that means nothing. It does because everybody sees it. You must bear witness to a murder of a man that had no business being accosted, chased, followed, and definitely not being murdered. If I said it on the Vlad TV interview, my very first one, uh, and Lord knows I, it's probably one of the things that have been detrimental uh, to people wanting to fuck with me in the entertainment industry. But it was, it was as, as, as truthful as it could be about, again, this Jedi mind trick that white society, you know, this image that black men and black people are to be feared and we're scary and, you know, lock your car doors Hide, put away your purse, hide your wallets. When again, historically, I, you know, not all, but historically, white people have been the most dangerous motherfuckers on the planet. The most violent people on the planet. History shows us that. You know, you can give me all the statistics you want about, you know, black people commit most of the crimes today. And of course, every black person is responsible for what goes on in Chicago. And we can get it. That's a whole nother argument, both Chicago and statistics. But I challenge you, show me the pictures of black men with whip marks on their, or white men with whip marks on their backs. Show me the images of white men and women hung from trees. Show me the images of white men being gunned down like dogs by police, water hoses, your leaders assassinated, church bombings. Show me this shit. Drag behind trucks. Come on, man. Listen. And on top of that, black people, we are the most forgiving race on the planet. Oh, let God handle it. Oh, pray for him, sugar. No, we forgive you. That's what God would want. So, you know, listen, man. It's hard not to be angry. And, and I don't I don't want to speak out of anger. That's why I go back to that revolution shit. But you want to see something done. I don't want to see no more marching. I don't want no more hymns, no more prayers. I'm not advocating violence, but damn it, you want to see something done. Like, on my, like it should have happened before, but 
it needs to, we need to see something uh, like on Monday, if not today. Uh, this is re- being recorded on Friday. Uh, this is Thursday. Uh, yeah. So just so people know that when I'm saying if not today, it's not a week later. Um, man, I, I'm going to say something that you're not going to agree with, but I'm, I'm going to say it as well. Uh, because you said the the greatest. What, how'd you say it? The greatest. Uh, uh, they're, they're pulling the cover over your eyes. What did what did you just? The say? Jedi mind trick. The Jedi mind trick. I, I would like to let white people in this country know that uh, it's also being pulled on you because you think you're one of them. You think that you are because you're white, and the people that you see in power are white. That you are considered. You're not considered. One of them. One of them. They are they are an elitist group that controls what happens, that controls whether you got your stimulus check in the mail or in your account yet. You gotta understand this call for action to do something right now isn't just for one man. This is for one nation. This is more than that. And if we don't start understanding where we should stand as opposed to where we do, changes will be made with or without your permission. I like that. With or without your permission. I like that. That was some movie shit. Dude, I'm... I'm, (laughs) If you know me, you know how I really am. And it doesn't always come across because I have... I have conflicting ideas. I have conflicting thoughts. I try to, I, I try to, but who I am is what I just said. All right. Ready to have some fun? Yeah, please. Uh, you know, it's funny because I, I, and I was, when I was watching Rosewood, this is a, this is a theme I'm noticing in black movies. Anytime you look at a black movie, whether it's Rosewood, Mississippi Burning, Anything racial tension, black movie, there's always, and this is where I really wish I could say, there's always a moment during a harsh, violent scene or a moment of struggle where you hear that black person, and and, and, and so, but then that's part of our soulful culture. So that being said, Let's get into some emails. <laughs> oh, Steve. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Uh... Let's see. I want to read a good one. Okay, you know what? Let's start with Michael Cooper because he's he's asking something about what we just talked about in the Jordan thing. Uh, he he write he titles it "What More Could Black People Want," which is what my question was. Hey Aries, you asked on the last episode of Spears and Steinberg, "What more did Black people want when it comes to MJ?" I can answer that question. And address the Obama issue at the same time. It's a twofold issue. The reason black people are so harsh on other black people is simple. And he puts in black bold print. 
We do not have the luxury of mediocrity. So yes, we have to strive for and oftentimes expect perfection in order to be granted access to equal, fair, and just. Though we know perfection is impossible. As well, we, black people, finally see us on TV as being treated as God, as you say, laugh out loud, and we want for someone to speak to us and us only. If you have access to your resources and the eyes and ears of society, do something to help your people. Don't all lives matter? The situation and help everyone. Help us directly. Rising tides help all boats float, but don't address the fact that their yacht is still much bigger than our fishing boat and has been for over 400 years. We've seen this for other races numerous times and no one bats an eye. When white people want something done for white people, it gets done. When the LGBT community wants something for LGBT, it gets done. We've seen illegal immigrants march down the street and demand rights and services. Why not us? Why can't we demand that our black leaders in entertainment and other industries step up and do something for us? We already know that we are playing catch up and rules of the game are not in our favor. So we as black people, maybe to our own detriment, need our figures to be nearly perfect so no one else can demean you in any way and be and to do something directly for us and us alone in hopes that we may close the gap between socioeconomic experiences. Just my opinion. Love the podcast. Michael Cooper. Uh, I, I want to go to what he just said. Um, and I'm going to give it to you, Andy. Um, when white people want something done for white people, it gets done. Oh, Andy. All right. And, and I'm, and I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this to, to it in just what I said before. Uh, Scarface said it best. First, you get the money, then you get the power. Here's how this works. And, and this is easy to, to, to I can, we could probably find people and, and, and trace it back and show that it's true. You brought you said the LGBT community, the LGBT community got people in position of power. They, they either ran, sat, elected, and, and they quietly moved their way in to positions of power. And then the money from rich, white, LBGT communities flowed in, and that's how they get their power dynamic. It's twofold. I, you can't have the money without the power and stay uh, upright. L like if you're, uh, and the only reason I could give you, because I'm saying Scarface, you can get the money, but if you can't buy the politicians, if you don't have enough money to buy the politicians, you don't stay upright. Money and power. When I said the other day, when we were talking about, um, you, you were talking about uh, the, the club in Chicago, and I brought up that why didn't he want to put that money into his community and not move that money to the white community? And we got some, I, I'm sure you've got some letters coming up about this as well. How does white America, white money investors, move out all of Brooklyn? All of the black areas of Brooklyn take that over and make millions of dollars when the black people were there. Well, motherfucker, you don't understand history. What they won't, they take, nigga. But that investment has to come in from the black community. This is a point where there is money and the invest. Mike, uh, um, Magic Johnson, Irving Magic Johnson, investing into the community. 
theaters, Starbucks, making that money stay in that community, building that community, making a better community. This is something the Jews have done for a long time. Go into a bad neighborhood, fix the neighborhood up, do what they need to do so that they can make the money. They do that. When Muhammad Ali and Billy Crystal, that story that Billy Crystal talks about how he's running in the, in, in, in the golf course, or running in the golf course, and then uh, Muhammad Ali says, we should play here sometime. He goes, uh, uh, Muhammad, I can't play here. I'm Jews. They don't let Jews into the community. You know what Jews do? Jews make enough money, and they build a better golf course so that those white people will loosen their restrictions so they can be part of that golf course. All right, all right, I got to stop you. I got to stop you because here's, here's something I'm starting to realize that I don't, I don't think you're getting. You keep saying money and power like somehow – Based on the two, if you get money and you get the power, but what you're not understanding is, bottom line, they don't play fair. Because even, wait, wait, even that story with, with Billy Crystal. So Billy wasn't allowed to play there because he's Jewish. But Ali was allowed to be there and he's black. But why is that? Because, because he's, he's Muhammad Ali. Ali famous he's a athlete. champ. I'm, so unless you, unless you are famous, which, you know. That still doesn't they will make stay, it. That no, still no, doesn't no, always make it. What I'm saying is they will make exceptions when you're famous. But every black person ain't famous. And then on top of that, again, like I just said about the, 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 the shit about black people at one, once upon a time had their own sustainable life without having to deal with white people. And because they were thriving, they burned down the communities. So again, they don't play by these rules of if you got money, you got power, one plus one equals two. Yeah, for them. For us, one plus one equals you got to do some other shit. But then again, it don't count even if you do do it because we're going to change the rules. Okay. It just ain't fair. No. And, I, it, ain't, and, it, ain't, and it ain't fair by design. It's, it, of course. This is not without debate. It is not fair by design. How do you change the design? Go back to the LBG community. How did they get into their positions of power? They snuck in. I'm not trying to be mean. They weren't open and like, I'm out of the closet. I'm gay. I, I want this position. They moved into the position because they walked in quietly. When you talk about... Uh, oh, quietly? Have you seen their parades, nigga? Um, um, but, I, I know. I yeah. Know. Okay, when we talk, when you, I'm going to give you the examples. When you talk about Obama, and when we talk about Jordan, this is part of the problem. Power is like money; it's not given; it's accumulated. So, when Obama, when people are saying he didn't make changes enough changes for us, we wanted more. Ch- he is accumulating power for blacks, blacks and wealth, so black and wealth can come together. And do something, but you can't come in and just say, I'm making changes. I'm here. I'm black. This is how it's happening. You accumulate power. Jordan's example of becoming a businessman from a tennis shoe, a tennis shoe guy to a mogul is about accumulating power. He has power. The power is you can see LeBron can speak and say things that that Jordan didn't because that's the accumulation of power. You accumulate power like you accumulate money. It doesn't come at one time. It's been more than enough time for blacks to have the fair shake in this country. I'm not saying I'll, that. I'll, I'll give you that. I'll, here, because here's what I'm going to say. And I understand, Michael, where you're coming from. Um, yeah, we, 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 we do have to rise. We, we do have to take it further than they do. Because, again, the rules are different. But we have to hang some of the blame on ourselves in, in the sense that, look, Tyler Perry, hats off. 
This motherfucker got his own movie studio in Atlanta. He's one guy. The question I have is, why is it just him? You look at Oprah. You look at uh, uh, Eddie Murphy. You look at Jordan. Uh, you know, back when he was alive, Michael Jackson. If he wasn't in jail, Bill Cosby, Jay-Z. Why don't we have several movie studios? Why, why isn't it just, you know, again, uh, what the, the, the powerful threesome, Katzenberg, Spielberg. Spielberg, and Geffen. They have their own movie studio. Why don't we join forces and not only just produce the, our own movies with our own sound stages and our own lots, and I don't know the ins and outs to how it works, but, you know, who's who controls how these movies are distributed in AMC theaters? You know, because it's just one thing to have the studio and to make the movies. It's another thing to go, who do we need to talk to in a powerful position to make sure that our movies get distributed all over the country so that if we wanted to go, we don't need you. Okay. We could do that, but we don't do that. Okay. And, I, and, I, and I, don't, I don't mean to sound like a broken record, and I know I am because I've said this so many times, and it almost sounds like an excuse, which is why I hate saying it. But again, I think that this is a certain mentality and a behavior that has been ingrained in us since slavery. So let that not be an excuse. At what point do we break the cycle? It's, and, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm not, I, I believe that that has had long-lasting effects. Okay, we know that. At what point do we break the cycle and go, that's not going to work anymore? What is it going to take for us? I would love to ask this question to Michael, Oprah, and some of the most powerful people in the industry. Why don't you guys get together and, and make it so that you don't need to eat from someone else's table? I don't have the answer to that. I don't have the answer, but I can, I can say that when you talk about accumulating power, it doesn't happen all at once. And even if a group got together, that doesn't mean that's going to happen. Let, 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 let's let's this is a uh, this is simple to 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 uh, go through a little quick timeline. Um, uh, what's the movie Eddie Murphy just did where he play, uh, he plays uh, um, the, the the black exploitation films the. Uh, Dolomite. Dolomite. Sorry, I couldn't remember the name. When Dolomite uh, released his film, because he didn't have a distributor for it, it made money in black theaters. It was small, but that's that's the point. And this is what, when I said, Jew, and I don't want to use Jews, but Jews are very good at, at taking the small piece and putting another small piece and putting another small piece and putting until they can go get a big piece. That that shows that the black money, black money has black power because if if you can make a movie like that make money and then you build a movie house and you put money into your neighborhood and then you build more movie houses, more money, the studios have to take notice of you. You become value. If you will drive from your black neighborhood to a white neighborhood to go see a movie, why do they have to do why do they have to worry about your needs? White people need to go to black neighborhoods. Support black business. 
score. I don't know that you, we could count on that. I, I'm just saying that's what needs to happen. But how would that happen? White people would go to a neighborhood if if it was a black neighborhood and it it was welcoming to them in whatever aesthetic white people are looking for. Uh, I'm not saying you have to change the culture of the neighborhood. I'm just saying parking, different setups, so that you go there and then you need what? Then you get the white money. Why do you have to go give black money to the white owners when you can be a, a, a black neighborhood that's getting money from the white neighbor, white uh, from the white people? How do we make that change? Listen, there's politics involved in everything, uh, and again, I, I don't know. I don't have the answers to it. I I would just be the same way with the uh, all jokes aside thing, the documentary where I told you he was trying to move create another club in a white neighborhood and they were shut down. He was blocked. I have to believe on some level that if some of the most powerful black people in show business got together and said, look, we are going to do this. I, 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 again, I'm only going off of what history has shown somewhere down the, in the process, there would come blockage. Well, there would come resistance. And this again goes to my point. Where you keep going, you got the money, you got the power, and everything's even. No, it ain't. Because, again, I think Ice Cube, and matter of fact, Ice Cube and LL Cool J, they both wanted to buy some networks or create their own networks. Whoever is the head of how that happened in the cable world, they were blocked. Okay. And the men that fought them were old white men. Grant, I'll, I'll, so, uh, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead so, again, it's... It, it, it's it, in theory, what you're saying is right. It should be that way, but the, it ain't that way. Well, and it's by design. You're, you're correct because Bill Cosby was blocked from attempting to buy NBC. Not that he, I don't know if he could have or couldn't have, if he could have put the financing together or not. That's not the point. It was never an option. But things have changed since then. When I say, how does this happen? I don't know. I know that Michael Jordan, the face of Air Jordan, was able to make uh, white money rolls in to uh, to Air Jordans. How do you duplicate that situation? How does that happen? But take it into another. How do you do it in a neighborhood? How do you do it in a business district? And oh, well, how many? Well, how many Michael Jordans are there? But as long as there's a Michael Jordan, it could happen. But that's one in a million. But he. But it's not about him. It's about the groundwork that he laid. There's an example of how to do it. Okay, but, it, but you got everybody can't do it. No, not everybody. I don't give a fuck what the blueprint says. Everybody can't do it. I'm not. It's almost. It's almost like perfect. I'm gonna go to a movie now. Iron Man one. At one point, uh, what's my man Bo? The, one of the Bo brothers. Uh, fuck the Obadiah. His character Obadiah goes to the technician and and says to him. I need you to duplicate what Tony Stark did. Uh, and the guy's basically like, it can't be done. And he goes, what do you mean it can't be done? Tony Stark did it in a cave with a box of straps. And the guy goes, I'm not Tony Stark. Everybody ain't Jordan. I, the blueprint is laid. But you still got to have the skills to pull that off. Everybody ain't Jordan. But there, but you just also name people that do ha Oprah, uh, Tyler Perry. The skill, the people that are could pull this off are coming. They are here. 
They've been here, some of them. But like, so why isn't it being done? Again, there is the definitely there is uh, from the old guard. There is definitely uh, 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 roadblocks from the old. I, I, listen, I think it's. I think it's. I think the blame has to be. You know, it's a dual blame. There's the, a lot of the black people ain't doing it. Why? I don't know. But even for the ones that have tried to do it, they have they have met resistance. So you know, and listen, Michael. Again, I still go back to what Why I'm saying. Why you call me Michael? No, not you, the guy oh, that wrote Michael. the email. Oh, okay, Michael. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Pay attention, motherfucker. <laughs> um, you know, listen, I, I get what you're saying, but it would be one thing if these guys, Obama and Jordan, had done nothing. Zero. They've done, have they done all they could? People will always go, no, nah, we need more. But again, we don't know personally what goes on in their lives and they're being pulled in 80 different directions and they got the weight of not just the world on their shoulder but black America that's a lot so this is a hard conversation because I want to I want to go dog I still I hear you and yeah more should be done but at the same time when is enough enough they did what they could they're doing what they can you can't ever satisfy people. So, you know, there's that. Again, I go back to saying accumulation of power, of wealth. It has to be – it doesn't ha- – I know it should have already happened. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that there aren't uh, nefarious uh, entities that are keeping this from happening. But some people are figuring it out. It can be yeah. figured out. It can be figured out. All right. Uh let me read this next one. This is from Richard Wu, an Asian dude. Holy shit, let me warm the pipes. Apathanas. Hey, Aries. I'd like your opinion on Obama. Uh, I've been binge watching your latest interviews on YouTube and have caught up on your podcast. I got married out here in Wuhan, Wuhan, China, right before the pandemic broke. So I've been entertaining myself by listening to you and your opinions. I'll cut straight to the point. Do you think President Obama's public image would have been different if he had married Sheila Miyoshi Jagger? Wow, a white woman. Got three black, three black women in that, three, three different ethnicities in that name. Sheila, a black woman, Miyoshi, clearly, Patanas, and Jagger, white. Okay. It's been documented that Obama had proposed to her twice and would have married her, but Jagger's parents protested the marriage, so they never did. I agree with you, Barack Obama was a good president and did a lot for black identity. However, I think he would have been less palatable to urban Americans if he had married someone white, even though he himself is biracial. It's not that it would have changed who he is, but would have, it would have changed the public image, which is huge in both politics and entertainment. Uh, it's the same slight people have against Key and Peel for having white wives. They're, that's their right. I mean, they are biracial, just like Obama is. I just don't like how those guys don't get a fair shake from the black community for not being black enough. I'm not, you know, right now, I ain't touching this one at all. Uh, 
No, I'm joking. The comedy, <laughs> the comedy is more mainstream. True. However, they did collaborate with President Obama in a sketch for Obama's farewell speech before he left the White House. Ironic name, huh? So it shows they've entertained the right black people. If President Obama endorses them, the black community should do. Uh, thanks always for your comedy and the value you bring to entertainment. My questions are always sincere. Best, your fan rich in China. Um, thank you, Rich. Um, listen, man, Barack caught flack for being half black by black people. Well, you know, he wasn't all the way black. He was half white. Miss me with that bullshit. He was a nigga. Um, but you know, there's always been this sick behavior, uh, ingrained in the black community that, uh, listen, if he, if, if, if his, if his, if his wife was light skinned, there are some black people that would have had a problem with that. Because light skin is, again, that's the sick game we play in our community where the darker you are, the less value you have. Um, and black is black. Light skin, dark skin, black is black. Uh, because you're a red bone, fuck that mean. Um, but had, he, had, his, had his wife been white? Yeah. A lot of black people would have looked at that like, damn, dog. Like, cause it, it feeds into the stereotype that black successful men to be more successful as a status symbol, you got to have a, a, a white woman on your arm. So, you know, yeah. And, 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 and again, to black women, what that does to them or how that makes some of them feel like, you know, we're not, they're not good enough. Um, and I said this before, I think it's a big reason why black women have loved Denzel Washington for so long. Um, and Denzel even said in an interview, I can't remember if it was with Oprah. I think it was with Oprah where he said he, he didn't want to ever do a scene, uh, with a white woman having sex with a white woman. He don't even really want to do scenes having sex with any women. Cause you know, his this thing with his wife, but he certainly didn't want to have scenes with a white woman because he knew who his audience was. And he knew that as much as black women loved him, had he done that, it would have been a little bit of a slap in the face. So to answer your question, Wu, um, had his wife been white? Yeah, it would have affected. It would have. You want me to chime in on that? Yeah, you're my partner. Uh, I don't think he would have got elected. Not because Wow, I, you think it's that deep? Yeah, because I would have thought that he would have lost some of the black vote and then he would have lo- lost some of the white vote because I don't know how many white people would have been okay at that time with an interracial marriage in the White House. That nigga fucked her in the Lincoln bedroom. I'm being honest. All the presidents looked at that big dick swinging in the Lincoln bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> Doing that with that white girl. Um, I yeah, think, dog. I, I, yeah. But I think he was, I, I'll say it this way, though, to be, to answer his question. I think he was more effective as a black man as as uh more effective as a black man to betterment of this country uh because he did have a black wife and it showed black unity it showed uh a, 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 it showed uh the cosby show but for real yeah yeah that so i don't know that's just coming from a white dude so what do i fucking know yeah and and i you know i don't want to keep you know preaching to the choir but you know, those kinds of uh, cultural 
Images are important. And we need that. So even to my last email, my man, Michael Cooper. What's his name, Cooper? I don't I don't remember. I'm sorry. Michael. Anyway. Yeah, man. Um, we need that shit, man. And, and it's important. So, you know, again, no bond to slander here. Um, next one. Hey, hey, can we go back to something we said before, though? Because when we were talking yeah. about accumulation of wealth and power. Yeah. And then you brought up how uh, who tried to buy some networks and couldn't get them. Ice Cube and LL. But uh, didn't Brian Allen buy the Weather Channel? Yeah, he did. Okay. I'll, oh, and, and whoa, whoa, whoa. Yep, he did. And, and you know what his fight was? What? He, he, didn't, he was in court. He was in court. There was some racial shit going on with that, too. I'm sure there was. He was in court. I'm sure there was. Yeah, he, he met resistance with that, too. But what I was going to say by that is sometimes, and, and this is the Jew in me, Sometimes when you realize that you're up against a political or uh, a foe, uh, a, a po- politics, uh, racism, you take what you can get and build it to get something better. And I'm not saying, I'm, I'm only saying that is, that's, again, with what I said, you accumulate power by, it might take time. I don't know that we have that kind of time anymore, but I'm just saying I, I thought about the Brian Allen when you said that. And if you think about it, who 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 was after the Weather Channel? Oh, shit, I don't know. I think it was strong, strong move. To get the Weather Channel? Yeah. Yeah, shit, yeah. Byron Allen is worth like, what, billions of dollars, right? Because of that. He yeah. was He was worth money before, but I'm just saying because of that, now now he's he's accumulating power. You know who he's married to, right? Uh, who's married to? White woman. Uh, whatever it takes. Accumulate the power. <laughs> Listen, I don't want to see shit go wrong. Get that power. Yeah, yeah. Um, F from Young. Uh, thanks, Aries. Not only am I a fan, my wife loves to hear my name spoken on your, pack, on your podcast. I was about to go Boston. On your podcast, cat, cat, pat, uh, whatever, which only happened once, laugh out loud, by our favorite comedian. That's immediate. I'm getting some trim tonight type shit. Laugh out loud. Well, goddamn, nigga. Uh, nigga, when you have kids, I'll take it any way I can get it. You need to get that tour going with Jay, Atheon, and Godfrey, son. There is no way you guys not going to kill that shit. Seriously, impressions and all that shit you guys do. Y'all definitely compliment each other. And I would think bring out all of you guys' best comedy. Put Andy on and have him open for y'all. Thanks again, my brother. I'm going to keep listening. Ephraim, make sure your lady, because I'm getting you some trim, nigga. Uh, make sure doing one of them pumps. She got to say my name. Oh, Ephraim. 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 Damn. <laughs> is, it, is it Ephraim Aries? So she owe me one, nigga. <laughs> um, man, I thought it was great. Yo, listen, man. Go, go, go ahead. Go, no, you go ahead. No, I mean, no, no, no. Listen, go ahead. I, I was just gonna say, I think it was great. I felt like that scene in Scarface where, like, you, at the end when he goes, "Hey, you got a job," so like, I got a job oh. in that. Like, the takeover <laughs> happened. 
the All Black Show, but I got a job. So I was you got I, a job. I was man. excited. I was excited. The relief was there. I felt just like he felt in the in the scene. Right. Like oh, okay, I'm working. Yeah. You know, I, I, it's funny. I, I would love to do a sketch comedy show with all of those guys. Um, but you know, sometimes people automatically think because you put a bunch of guys together to kind of do do the same thing that it's going to be automatic gold. And it can be, but it often it also can work against you. You have to figure it out. It's like with basketball, you know. It's and listen, I, I I I say it over and over and over. I love me some Godfrey. That's my man, fifty grand. But a couple times, like when here's the thing about Godfrey and me, we're both the same, and that we're both very aggressive. We're two alpha dogs, and we both want to shine. So a couple times. When he and I would do Instagram live together, in order for this shit to really be gold, you have to have some real good cohesion. And that only happens if you do something that's very hard for two alpha dogs to do. And that means somebody has to step back and you have to listen and you have to process. You can't just be going, I got to score 30. I got to score 30. Because if you think like that, well, then you become Kobe and MJ. You're on the same team. You both want the ball. You both want to dominate. And again, that can be a good thing if you figure it out. That's why when people would always say to me, Aries, you and Godfrey would be great on a podcast together. I can see where that could be a possibility, but I also see where it could be a disaster, which is why I think you and I work the way we work so well. Because again, we ain't both trying to put up 40. That's, that's, that's primar- primarily what I like to do. But you need a good spot-up shooter. And we've gone over this. I'm going to be in John Paxson taking the game home. Yeah, nigga, you said. <laughs> yeah. And then being a footnote in history, that's all right with me. And, and, and you know what? And the cool thing about it is when you do that, your girl going to give you some pussy, and your name ain't Ephraim. Hey, I'm gonna, Andy, Andy sounds sexier than Ephraim. I don't know if it sounds sexy, but I'm going to tell you this morning, my girl actually had to get on an early phone call, but then came back into the room and gently woke me up and then fucked the shit out of me. I was very happy. To oh, I love it. <laughs> God. She got like big giant titties, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be a long fucking night. Right, <laughs> Come on, man. I'm tired of hearing lies about Pussy Jack. Oh, man. Uh, next one. Uh, Darius Van at Yahoo. Movie suggestions. If you haven't seen them, see the movies Cesario and Cesario 2, Day of the Soldado, with Josh Bro- Brolin and Benicio Del Toro. It's about the DEA going after the Mexican drug cartels. Del Toro is a damn savage in these flicks. True man movies. I'm going to tell you something, dog. I saw both of those movies. I liked the first one, even though at times it was a little slow. Um, I don't know how I feel about the second one. I didn't see the second one. I saw the first and I liked it. Did you? Uh, yeah, I liked it. But I got to tell you, I, I think Del Toro is one of the most underrated actors out there. I think he's in everything he's ever done. He's been great. Dude, what was that movie he did? He was phenomenal in it. It was, it was, uh, fuck. It was done by Soderbergh with Michael Douglas, 
Michael Douglas played the politician. His daughter was strung out on drugs. Oh, I did. They had several different stories going on yeah. that all tied together in one movie. Don Cheadle was in it. My man, um, my yeah, man I don't my remember man. the name of it. I-, I can look it up, but I don't remember it. Louis Luis Guzman was in it. Fucking, uh, what's the pretty chick my- Michael Douglas is married to in real life? Carmen Zeta Jones. Nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What was that movie? How does Louis Gu- Gu- Guzman? Louis, Louis Guzman play the same guy but completely different in every single film. I mean, he gets a different character out of every playing himself every film. That's great acting. Let me tell you something. Louis Guzman and John C. Riley are the sexiest ugly niggas I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> um, God, what was the name of that movie? Can you look it up? No, I'm, I can look it up right now. Um, uh, I want to. It's not the game. Traffic. Yeah. Yeah, that was traffic. Great. Traffic. Uh, Benicio del Toro in Traffic, man, is great. Dude, I liked his character that he did uh, in uh, what, what, uh, Usual Suspects. That was like one of the where uh, he he plays that, but he has that weird accent. I'm about to, I'm about to commit movie blasphemy. You didn't you like that? I gotta watch it again because I didn't I didn't get it. Oh my god. I didn't get it, dude. Dude, oh, I there's a, I you know what I love though. I, I love those moments when I can hear black and white people going, "Oh my God, Aries didn't get that." Oh, yeah. I, I can feel it. I can the, the, feel white, it. the white people are going, "Oh my God!" The black people are going, "That nigga what?" <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Uh, JT Merrick. Larry Bird being Larry Bird. Uh, I'm just going to leave this here for the next Last Dance or email podcast. I got to send this to you, Andy, because he sent me a a link. I saw this fact on an Instagram post, but just couldn't find it. So I found an article on it just to show the talent that MJ had to face. And show, as you, Aries, said, made them look average. As always, great podcast. And thanks for the time. Shit, I have not seen the link, so I don't really know in terms of context what he's saying. But uh, shit, yeah, Larry Bird was a bad boy, dude. That whole time period of basketball is 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 revol- it, I don't want to use the word revolutionary because I don't want to. I don't want to make that seem small at the time. But it, it revolution. It did. It changed basketball. Basketball was on its way out. It was the fourth sport. Hockey had more popularity than uh, basketball. Uh, MJ and Bird, uh, Dr. J a little bit, but he was he was not. It was it was Bird and MJ. I, I mean, sorry, Bird and Magic, and then MJ came along, and it just it just skyrocketed. I mean, I mean, you can't. That's what. That's what people who are younger and didn't see it, they don't understand where it came from to where it is now. And, and if you didn't see it that way, and, and it was a tough game back then, it just didn't have that. That that that, right. that 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 uh uh the star power the quality the quality was missing so on some on the extra other players it, it, i i just can't you know i i i and the reason you said something about teams with god when you were talking about godfrey and how the team doesn't line up right. that's why when i gave you my top five my starting five that's why i didn't put lebron in it that's why i did put uh larry bird in it because you got a sharpshooter but doesn't have to have the ball so that's why I thought that team would work better. But this, 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 ah, man, I love basketball. I just, I, but I really wish I could just go watch old highlights at this point in my life. 
Yeah, I think somebody, uh, matter of fact, yeah, here, uh, Raja B. Uh, let me see something. Uh, Raja B wrote, uh, hey, y'all, been a listener since day one, blah, blah, blah. I'm listening to the two youths, uh, my cousin Vinny reference. Andy, around the 32-minute mark, was talking about MJ having to be NBA ready. I was wondering if y'all caught the part when the reporter asked MJ how the transition from college to pro was, and MJ's answer was pretty easy. Talk about mama mentality. Well, Roger, that's not just a mentality. That's only a test. That's also a testament to his talent level. But then he wrote on a side note to Andy, I'd take five Dr. J's to answer his question about who I'd clone for a team. Yeah, I'm not going to disagree with Dr. J. I, I took magic because of uh, like his ability to play every position. I, I never seen, I know Dr. J could, uh, could uh, post his back up to the basket so he could play the center position if he needed to. Uh, but the magic, uh, man, if magic could pass to magic, I don't think anybody could touch magic passes magic to magic. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I so I'm not, I'm not just, Dr. J is one of my loves of basketball. That was who entered. That's how I kind of got into basketball was Dr. J. So Dude, you tell me, cause you know more about him than I do. Was Dr. J considered a good jump shooter? He was, a, he, what Dr. J was really considered, he was revolutionary in the fact that he, well, in college, he wasn't. Uh, he was a good jump shooter in college, especially. But when he came out and he was in the NBA, it took a while, but he took that Rucker Park game and he brought it to the NBA court because he was playing for the ABA, not the NBA. And he was able to change how basketball was played. It was faster. It was, it was strong. It was dunking before Dr. J. There wasn't that kind of dunking in basketball. It was, yeah, see, that's what, and that's why I'm asking. Cause you know, most of the highlights I've seen did the dunks. Yeah, but he can shoot, but he's famous for that because that wasn't going on in the NBA. They were still, the coaches were still talking about uh, like you can dunk if you want to, but if you miss the dunk uh, over a layup, I'm going to make you run, or I'm going to do. I'm going to find you. I'm going to. That was the mentality of of the uh, NBA, right? So okay, that's what he changed. That's really what, and, and, and the way he played, the grace in which he played. I don't know if it was him. Uh, one of the players, one star player, and it might have been him, took ballet lessons to learn how to move uh, fluidly through the lane and be able to turn and, and keep balance and and take shots. I, I think it might have been. I don't want to throw that on Dr. J, but it might have been the doctor. right. And when, and when he won his one and only championship in the NBA, that was the year Moses Malone came. Yeah. And, 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 he, and, he, and he not only didn't have the afro anymore, but he was, his hair was kind of gray. He was he basically down it wasn't in his prime. Yeah, it was not in his prime. He was in his prime uh, well before that when he played uh, with the uh, – what, what, what uh, what, it's Brooklyn now, but it was uh, New Jersey Nets, I think is what it, where, he, where, right. where, he, where, he, where he really stood out. How what? Well, I guess that's something. This is something you'd have to look up. I wonder what was the, the the time frame between the time he retired and Charles Barkley came to the Sixers. Um, I think he, it was relatively short. If I thought it was right. right, yeah, yeah, I would have loved to have seen a young Charles Barkley, Moses Malone, and even an old Dr. J, just to add the Charles Barkley dynamic. Yeah, that might have been fun to watch, man. You know, Charles, uh, being a great player that he is. Let me let me tell you something. Tiger Woods and Michael Jordan. Go ahead. <laughs> Undersized though for his position. 
Right. And, 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 and people, you know, you look at him and he's big, but he's the same height as Jordan. Right. Barkley. Yeah. They're both six. Yeah, he was, he was just girthy. Yeah. Yeah. He was the round mound of rebound. Yeah. But he, um, he played a different game and he, he played a very heady game as well. I'd love this time when we, the, these certain players just make this game worth watching. And LeBron right. is one of them. I'm never denying that to all the people that think that that's what I'm not doing that. I'm just whether the the greatness. And let me just say, I I, I did a uh, me and Neri did a, a podcast session yesterday, and I almost got heated with him. Like I really take this Jordan shit to a fetch, dude. Because I, again, something, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but when people go, because he was saying the argument with me and him was. He was going, the NBA is tougher now. Nah. And I, saw, and I said, wait a minute, Neri. Let me, let me say something. When Michael Jordan got knocked out of the first round of the playoffs back in his day, who did he lose to? First of all, the Eastern Conference was way tougher. But who did he lose to? The championship uh, Pistons and the two-time championship Celtics. And let me remind you, four Hall of Famers, Walton, Parrish, McHale, Bird. 12-1 and one at home in the playoffs. Two-time MVP at that time, Larry Bird. So when he got knocked out of the first round, he lost to champions. LeBron never got knocked out of the first round. Well, did LeBron play champions? Who in the East Coast did LeBron play that was champions? Nobody. No, he got to walk through the East Coast. He didn't really. Exactly. But, but the other thing that has to be said is... Uh, when you, when he says the game is harder now, what do you say the game is tougher now? Harder now. Because he, he goes, he, he, he said what all the young kids say. With the technology and the advancement of medicine, plus the athletes are naturally bigger, stronger, faster. Okay, uh, two things I'm going to say this. One, they have to understand toughness is going through the lane knowing that Mikhail and Parrish have already determined that you're not getting a layup or bird and or, or Lambeer and Mahone. Exactly. The other thing uh, that and, I, and, and Patrick Ewing and Mason and Oakley. The other thing I want to say is yes, there are many more athletic players playing in the NBA today, but athleticism doesn't make you a winner for first of all. And as far as bigger, faster, stronger uh, technology today, and this may, Oh, for Charles Barkley, this will make sense. Um, golf. Golf is a game. The technology has vastly improved. It has vastly improved the game because of the way the sweet spots on the club uh, the speed of the club head be with graphite and with different shape. They have done all kinds of things to make golf better, but in the pros, it affects the pros minimally. There's not, it's not like they've, uh, they're hitting uh, hundreds of yards further. They're not there. I think the average has gone up maybe 20 yards. What it has improved is the medium player, the player. That's not the greatest when you're the greatest, you're the greatest because despite everything else, you're head and toes, head and toe better than everyone else. So head all the shoulders, head and shoulders. Thank you. Yeah. you. You can't get, that's what makes you great. Uh, technology, all those things. What makes the NBA's athletic NBA players seem greater is the, the rule changes and the foul calls. It's, it's a different game. If I know that I can't 
stick my elbow in your throat when you're coming down the lane, uh, then I can't foul you anymore. So the lane is more open. I mean, you got to be able to understand this. You got to be able to put it in context. If you want LeBron to be the greatest, go ahead, make him the greatest in your mind. You're just not looking at the game in the full perspective of how it's played back then to today. That's it. And, 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 and again, this notion of bigger, stronger, faster. Correct me when I'm wrong. Back in the 80s and 90s, they didn't do load management. No. They played all 82 games. So not only that, when niggas won the championship, they took champagne skeet to the face. They didn't wear snow goggles. There was a different cut of man. It was like a different cut of beef. If you if, if you put it in state terms, it, it was just it, it was different, dude. There there's several scenes, uh, several plays where you could see. Um, there was this one game where Danny Ainge, of all the players, I'm gonna bring up Danny Ainge. A player was celebrating on the opposite team because he, I think it was in Phoenix, and he was beat. He, they beat. They were beating Phoenix, but the game wasn't over, and he was celebrating when he was going to take the ball out. And Ainge took the ball and threw it into his face. <laughs> Like you just did, like there was certain rules in the game that made the game mentally tougher, harder. The players were meaner. It was a different kind of game. There was a game, and I can't remember the player. And actually, I'm really upset that I can't remember his name right now because I actually met him and I asked him about the play. But he was playing for the Celtics, and one of the Celtics went to help out the opposing team after in, in the playoffs. After it was a foul, and it was a pretty decent foul, he went to go like put his hand out to lift him up, and he came by and broke their hands up and pushed his own player away from the guy on the ground. And I said, "Hey, why did you do that?" He goes, "He goes, this is the playoffs, man. We aren't there to help them. Right, right, We're here to help ourselves." Right. And, that, right. and he said it with the same gusto that he would have said it then. And I, there's a mentality that's different about that game. Incidentally, until, I mean, I know his golf swing has improved, but back when Charles Barkley first was golfing, you saw how heinous his golf swing was. Charles Barkley's golf swing looked like he was being tickled in the anus with a Q-tip. <laughs> While he was trying to swing, he doesn't move. He doesn't move the club around his head and the way you're supposed to move it around his body back then, especially. But I watched Jordan swing, and he does a reverse pivot when he's younger, so he's taking away power from the ball. So, you know, that's why Jordan back when he was younger said that he was going to play in the seniors when he was uh, when he retired from uh, basketball. But right. I think as you play that game, that, that, it's, it's a different game, too. It's a different skill set. So, you know, greatness, I think, I think that's part of it, too. When you're so great at something, you can recognize why you're not going to be the greatest when uh, you're in a different sport. And that's why Jordan doesn't, didn't play that sport, I, I think. That's why. He recognized he was never going to be winning time. Winning time. Right. Um, my Chevy more. There she is. Sweeter than a summer day. Shmore Emery. The Dennis Rodman question. Yes, I think it's a white thing to call him cute. We know fame and money will attract, always attract women. But I don't know any black woman who would say he's cute. It's funny you ask. During the show, I said he's so ugly about five times. <laughs> <laughs> there, are plenty, there are plenty of ugly players. And then I think one, two, three, four. She gives me her starting four. I think if you put Robin in that starting four of, of the ugly dudes, Sam Cassell, 
Van Exel, Nick Van Exel, Boban Marjanovic. Did you ring? You know who that is? <laughs> yeah. Etc. You ring. <laughs> but I think Rodman is beyond ugly. I find him repulsive. When I mention work ethic of Kobe and LeBron, you disagree. I don't mean how much time working on the body. It's beyond that. Did you hear the story from D Wade about Kobe in the heat gym in the heat gym after a Miami game? Iverson tells a similar story. LeBron has a life and other interests outside of basketball. Sadly, Kobe didn't until he retired. There are a ton of stories like this. And I want to give you your Krauss moment. I completely agree with you on Phil Jackson. I don't think plugging in a Hall of Fame coach would automatically equate championships with his roster. Not too many coaches could successfully handle the egos, personalities of all the superstars he had. Also, are you sure other coaches would have been able to convince MJ he needed to rely on his team more the way Phil did? Shout out to Farah and all the women listening. They may not write in, but I know they're there. Everyone, be safe. Can't wait for more pods. Take care. Sherry more. Thank you, Sherry. Sherry. Um, yeah, man, shit. Uh, can't have everything. Can't be blessed with superior talent. And look like motherfucking Rick Fox. Well, you, you know, uh, that's because she's just seen him. I think personality adds attractiveness to a to a person. Yeah, man. You know, listen, uh, two million dollars is some sexy personality. <laughs> a couple of million dollars. Man. <laughs> so, you know, that 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 changes a few things. And and to her point about could uh, could someone else other than Phil convince him that they uh, that they had a he had to distribute the ball a little bit. <laughs> Uh, I think Jordan's. I think Jordan wanted people that he could throw the ball to. I just don't think that he was confident at that time when Phil got there. Phil was Phil was able to help him feel confident about it. But Jordan knows how the game's played. He's a master at, at basketball. He understands every single position. I think that he 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 was hoping for he was wishing those players were there. I don't know that he believed in that in every player on the team the way he 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 did after Phil got there. So I think Phil helped him through that. But I think he would have got there. He had to. You don't win it by yourself. Right. You can't clone four. You can't put four more Jordans out there. You have to have some other players. Right. Um, I think this one is in your favor. Uh, I don't know that. Did I read this? A first. Uh, uh, <laughs> there you go, Krause. Uh Okay. Randy Ross, Rich Bitches. Hey, Aries. First off, I want to say that I think the podcast is amazing. There. Now that the pleasantries are out of the way, uh, I could get to the reason why I'm sending you this. I'm currently listening to the quarantined emails to app. Let me preference this with the fact that I'm about to be 24 years old next month. And I know how you get down with, with us of a younger variety, especially on the Jordan debate. Yes, he is the undisputed goat. No cap. You know what? This is one of those... Uh, youthful things I don't want to stand. What does what does no cap mean? Oh, I I, I don't. You know, know. How, again, like the young the young kids say lit bay. Yeah. I, I got those. I, they keep saying no cap. What is no cap? Let me see if I can find out for us for us old people. While you looking, I'm going to continue reading. Okay, please. Now, now you guys often get into a conversation about race versus wealth. I'm not saying you're wrong and Andy's right. But Andy most definitely has a valid point. Wealth like sports has the unique ability to bleed through social constructs like race and gender. 
Race didn't become race didn't come before wealth. Absolutely it did, young man. It's quite the contrary. It's a symptom of severe wealth inequality. Yeah, I can tell he's white. Jesus, white and young. You are you are useless, nigga. Uh Jesus. Uh oof. you can't talk about solving the economic problem of the Negro without talking about billions of dollars. You can't talk about ending the slums without first saying profit must be taken out of slums. You're really tampering and getting on dangerous ground because you are messing with folk then. You are messing with captains of industry. Now, this means that we are treading in difficult water because it really seems that we are saying that something is wrong with capitalism. That ain't me spewing bullshit. That's MLK in the 60s. He didn't get killed because he stood up for black people. Martin Luther King was murdered because he stood up for poor people and the disenfranchised. I don't like this nigga. Uh, And the same goes for JFK. Hope you read this on the pod for Andy. Again, I'm a 23-year-old true blue gay kid. Not really, though. It's a character piece. Ladder 14, Rando Facts. Oh, shit. Did you find out what cap means? Uh, no lie. For real. That's what that means. Yeah. I thought it meant no caps and no capitalizations. I'm an old motherfucker, dog. Yeah, you still were like in school when you heard said that. No, like the teacher wrote no caps on the board. And you went, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, talk to this young motherfucker, man. Okay, let me, let me, let me back it up just a little bit, though. Uh, when he says that, uh, what was the race and uh, uh, wealth came before race? Yeah, you know he said so ra- race didn't come before wealth. It's quite the contrary. It's a symptom of severe wealth inequality. Okay, so let's ask this question though in a different way and see if this if this makes sense to maybe what he's thinking. Um, back in the day when there wasn't an America, when it was uh, the British, uh, the British ruled the world. Um, and before that though, uh, the, the wealth was in Africa, the civilizations were in Africa. So there, the wealth was there and there was no, the racism would have been there if everyone was this, was considered to be of the same look when you spread out and then you go to the new worlds and, uh, you go to Europe and then Britain becomes this, uh, empire and they go and they pillage and take the wealth from Africa and bring it all to Europe. Isn't that where, when now you have a poor society of now what is uh, indigenous to Africa in, in race and color, uh, now they're looked upon as lesser because they were, they were taken apart and they were uh, removed of their wealth and it was all brought to Europe. Does that not begin uh, where... Um, you could look at the now it's race. Are you asking me? Yeah, I'm asking you. I, I zoned out when he said he was 24. Okay, I, 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 you know, I had to work through that myself. But let me just. But what, what I'm saying is, at one time, if if the if the cradle of civilization is in Africa, and they are they 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 are controlling wealth, they are controlling. Uh, the growth, their economy, the, who they are as, as in that region, 
And as, as people spread out and they go to Europe and then the, the great empire of Britain comes over and takes over Africa, subjugating them, isn't that when, by, with their wealth, with their power, with their ships, with their everything that they had to do that, is that not where the racism begins? Because up until that time, everybody had their own space. Racism was bought, brought by uh, the, the accumulation of wealth and the desire to take wealth from others and, and put them into a lesser poor situation that we still and, and, and give those who are taking the wealth power. Yeah. So did power not come be power and wealth not come before racism? If that's the, if that's, if that's the situation and, but that wealthy group also thought that I'd look down upon uh, people of color at that time. And they felt like they could take that from them. Be, so, oh, so what came first? I, well, they had to have the power and the wealth to make that determination. No, they had to have the racism to figure that they could do that to to want to do that. Well, they did it to other they did it to other places that were also white. So dominating with power and wealth was the first part. Racism would have came in af- afterwards. I'm not. I'm not saying. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm just giving- this. This is where this is where I feel like I have to put the vagina symbol in the air and call Kyla because this we starting to get into. Part social studies, and I quit school and got my GED. I, I I don't know all the technicalities of this conversation. I just know I'm right. I, I'm just saying history, historically. I'm not talking about at this moment. I'm talking about the development of finding race and defining a race and subjugating them. They had to have wealth to come over and do that in the first place. They had to have wealth and power and then deny They, they had to have them. They had to have the means to execute their racism. Right. But you had to have power okay. before you could do that. So let, let, but let, let's flip it. Say, say it was black that had that power and they subjugated whites. Then the racism would have been the same but opposite. If what? If Africa would have had ships and, and war machines to do that. I'm not saying Africa, then that wasn't their goal. I'm saying if the, if the scenario was reversed, because we reverse scenarios to, for understanding. Under, if it was reversed, couldn't they have subjugated? You know what the key word is? And when you started saying what you just said. Go ahead. If. 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 We could play. We could play. We could play. We could play if all day. Yeah. We could play if all day. I'm, I'm not. But trying, we know. We know what happened. You're right. But I'm just saying that. Right. And, 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 we, and we know historically who are the people less likely to want to do shit like that. But I am also saying that what you have to, what, why I'm saying the race part came later is because to subjugate other people to their will of power, when that empire was built, they didn't care who, whether they were white or not. When, when we talk about white, they, they, the Irish, for instance, have had problems with the British this whole time because they were subjugated by the British. Right. So what I'm saying is the power dynamic doesn't necessarily make the racism is definitely part of it. What I'm saying is in the initial, when they cracked the egg, was it about power and wealth and racism was to follow it, it, They didn't look and go away. Hey, we're going to go take, they didn't even go to Africa to after they already conquered uh, Europe. <clears throat> so they had to be conquerors wow. first before they could be racist. I, I, I'm just I, I'm giving you his thought process. I'm not saying I even agree with what I just said. I'm giving you the thought process behind what he said. 
Mm. I just received. Okay, uh, I, I hear you. Do you agree with him? Uh, I, I think. <laughs> I think that if you were in a society of all white people and you saw black people, you would think that they were aliens. And I think the black people would say the same thing, but how they connected with each other, I think is different. I think Africa had lived in peace at that point. I mean, tribal rivalries. Yes, but it wasn't uh, the way, the way that the, uh, the empire uh, controlled Europe. So uh, there, there's a difference. I, I think this, uh, you know, you could go to the Vikings, which are white. Uh, there's a lot to do. I mean, you would have to, if we want to unpack history, it's, I mean, it's too much. We're not just need, uh, you just, you don't need to make a call to one person. You need to make call to historians and then we can figure out how we got where we are. Uh, I, I, I can't even unpack that because I'm just, I'm trying to figure out how uh, February happened and how we got to today. So, but yeah, yeah I understand the thought process. I, I think it's a little maybe um, naive. Um, what? How much? Time, where are we at time wise? Almost, uh, almost two hours. Uh, an hour and. All right, I got two more emails. I definitely want to read the dark one email. Okay. Uh, I, but as we, as you were talking, I was going through my emails, and I just literally received an email from Farah. So just to break it up a little bit, because uh, we've been on the this shit heavy. Um, I'm a, I want to read Farah's and then end it with the dark one. Okay. Because that goes back to what we're talking yeah, about. Yeah. Okay. But, but just to break it up a little bit. No, I'm, I'm all for um, <clears throat> Farrah, right. She goes, fuck that. I'd rather struggle. Sons of Anarchy is a cute show. And Andy, I find it insane that you see Ozark to be so unwatchable that you write it off completely after two seasons. Oh, and that second season of Ozark did irk me a tad, especially with what took place between that scary good slash sexy character Dell and the prune bitch. The cartel would have never let that go so easily. But Ozark is the best show on Netflix right now. Jason Bateman and Laura Linney <clears throat> do an impeccable job and her character is what you wanted from Skylar on Breaking Bad. Is she mixing two shows at once? Yeah, and I'm not going to disagree with her except I think uh, uh I, I think it's well. Let me let me let me finish. I'm sorry. Let me finish reading. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, you wanted that added ruthlessness with the ride or die attitude from Skylar and her character hurt, and her character hurt that show in my opinion. <clears throat> Jesus, coronavirus. Also, uh, don't pick at me, but I also, <laughs> but I also annoyed by the son on Breaking Bad, not for his handicap, but the fact that his only memorable contribution to the show was that he never finished his breakfast. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, Wendy from Ozark has that gritty fuck it. We're all in nature about her, even though her character starts out complicated, flawed and gets slightly arrogant in the third season. Aries, please, please give Ozark a chance. I think you will appreciate it. It has that dark, violent in your face quality about it. And there is a character named Ruth that I think you will end up liking. Now that bitch is ride or die. In terms of your question about how much is enough, listen, 80 million is sexy. However, it wouldn't be 80 million worry-free. It doesn't sound appealing having that much money, but knowing at any minute, if one hothead macho asshole feels like it, 
I can end up gang raped, deboweled, and hanging ass and torso only from my local bridge. That's what you get when you get involved with the cartel. So as sexy as 80 million sounds, I'd rather struggle if it means I get to keep my intestines intact. Uh, Son of Anarchy is a good show, but talk about what the fuck moments, Andy. Spoiler alert. I'm going to get steak knifed in the back by my mother-in-law in my kitchen. I wish Linda would. The show get campy real quick, and the ending was more bullshit than the Sopranos finale. But it is worth one watch, and aid from Sopranos is in it. It gets done dirty at first. I have come to find that Sons of Anarchy is one of those sacred Caucasian series. White people love them some jacks, and you'll see why. Aries, the best thing about power is the theme song. That show is horrendous. What? <laughs> what? If I want to watch, I don't like this bitch. Um, if I want to watch goat cheese level acting with fucked up weaves and a shitload of scowling and posing, I can turn on BET. What? Power has no business being in the elite list of Sopranos, Sex in the Cities, and Breaking Bad. A show I asked it, that asked that you two check out is called Kidding. It has Jim Carrey, and it's some of the best story telling action on TV. It's a Showtime series, and it's some of Jim Carrey's best work. And I know this is long, but it's almost over. Now, my music go-to will forever include Sade, Anita Baker, Nippy, Crack, Houston, damn. Maxwell, A Tribe Called Quest, Prince, and the list goes on. I'm going to share my Lee Furious slash Lucas Placid list as well. Fiona Apple, Florence and the Machine, The Black Keys, Coldplay, Nightmare on Wax, The Flaming Lips, Boris Blend, Alanis Morissette, and Fleetwood Mac. And yes, Andy, I talked shit about Leroy. Then listed some, I, yes, Andy, I talked shit about Leroy then listed some creamy-ass music, but my name ain't Leroy. Damn it. I don't sound like I should have been born with a well-formed afro and a placenta, the shape of a black power fist. Farrah. Whoa! Uh, I, I, Whoa! I kind of like some of her musical, her, her uh, yacht rock songs that she picked uh, from the Flaming Lips. I like Flaming Lips. I like the... Uh, I like Fleetwood Mac. And I liked, uh, there was another one, in, and, and I, and I used, I really kind of liked Alanis Morissette at the time. I really It's did. like, rain, oh, did, did. it's like, be bad. I like that. I, I'd like to know what she thinks about presidents of the United States. Uh, of who? Presidents of the United States. It's a band? Yeah. 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 So. Uh, they got to have at least one nigga in it. No, I don't. I don't think so. Yeah, see? It's not a hootie band. <sighs> uh, I, I, you know, I like, I, I, I don't, I don't know how she came up with Ozark is still, she doesn't throw it under the bus for some of the things that's happening there. In Breaking Bad, I want her to know, though, too, because she said something about uh, Sons of Anarchy, and she, th- she threw away a great, a great scene that you're not expecting, and it is the mother-in-law, but that mother-in-law, 
the is crazy throughout the whole show, and it made it believable to me that that could happen. Number one was the, was the mother-in-law Ellen Barkin? No. Oh no, uh, she's uh, and I'm going to forget her name, but the mom from uh, uh, Married with Children. Peg. Yeah, she is amazing in the show, and she she. She's actually she's actually crazy. She's actually crazy. She's certified in this that she's crazy. So it is believable. The this there's a few scenes in Breaking Bad since you're throwing things under the bus. And what bothered me with uh, with Gus Frayne, there's parts where Gus Frayne would would have killed them both. Uh, would have killed Walter White and would have killed uh, uh, Jesse. So. Uh, you have to give a little bit to the shows to make them to make them flow, but uh, I agree with you with power. But I'm going to watch it. I'm going to suck it up. Power. I'm going to suck it up and I'm going to watch. Farrah, 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 Power, come on, baby. Are you kidding me? Like from season one till six, with the whole who shot ghosts slash Jr. vibe. That show had twists, turns, ups, downs. Yo, when Ghost's daughter gets shot, are you serious? When, he, when, his, when his daughter was shot, you didn't go, oh! Fucking the, 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 the relationship between Tommy and Ghost, that brotherhood that turned into the way that turned? Fucking, the, 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 when, when Angela got killed, what? See, I don't know what you're talking about, but the the Tommy relationship, I saw that happening like in the beginning of the first episode. So that's why his I- fucking is his son, Ghost's son, Tariq. Yo, dude, y'all bugging, man. Y'all bugging. Y'all bugging. Like, what? What? And and to say that she does dislikes it with so much disdain, like it's just horrible. Let me tell you something. Boardwalk Empire was horrible. There was there were some moments in Nah, Marvel. son. Nah. Seeing niggas with Tommy guns. I, but I, nah, man. I didn't watch the whole Boardwalk Empire, but I, Yeah, no, 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 no. Ferrer, you bugging. You bugging. Dude. What? When when uh I, I kinda Boardwalk Empire kinda changed when uh the dude starts what was he jacking off in his room? I don't I don't that, that when I I was like why do I have to have that they could have just made some noises and I would have been okay if if you need him to be that weird uh yeah I don't want to get into boardwalk empire that's a whole nother oh, oh she bug him uh sir what I what I would like to know how many episodes in before you just she just decided nah I, how me, far did you how far did you get I think four or five episodes and nothing, nothing. There was some good stuff in there, but I couldn't get past. Because okay, when right now when I just said to you about Breaking Bad and there were some problems in there with the, with how it flew, how the flow was to me, the uh, that didn't happen until like the second second season or third season a few times. I was already invested. This happened. I saw these these holes in the very beginning, uh, and so it, it just threw me off. So I'm going to watch it to see if I can get past that, and then I can get I can I, I can buy in. I think secretly y'all have a problem with black folks doing certain shit. <laughs> I really do. I really do. That's it. All right. Um, all right. Let's read this last one. Uh, it's the dark one, right? Yeah. All right. 
The Dark One. This is from The Dark One. Um, episode 153, Quarantine Emails. Rich white men versus rich black men. Democracy. Trump not the worst president, etc. <clears throat> hey, Andy. Gotta say, I've been really, ha- I've been really having a hard time understanding where you're coming from in regards to the topics you've discussed that I've got in the subject heading, especially with the whole rich white men versus rich black men. Anyone who knows me well will tell you I try to keep an open mind, play devil's advocate whenever I felt I had to. I really tried on this subject, man, and just couldn't. My brain keeps telling me that you're saying that money puts black and white men or blacks and whites, period, or whites and minorities on the same playing field. Let me stop real quick reading this. Dark one, do me a favor. If you're listening to this and you heard the email from that young kid in regards to wealth coming before racism, please write me an email about your response to him. Now, let me pick this back up. Um... But I, but but then I think Aries was asking if that was what you were trying to say, to which you said that is not what you're trying to say. So I don't know what you're trying to say. What I do know is that no one said it better than Kanye West when he said, even if you in a Benz, you're still a nigga in a coupe on his track All Falls Down off his debut album, College Dropout. Of course, coupe being a double entendre, between a fancy car and what slaves or animals used to be kept in. I got to stop reading again. I never knew that. Holy shit. I never knew that that was a double entendre for that. And I never even knew that historical fact. But anyway, what I also know is that as much money LeBron James has made in his whole career, he still had to come home one day to find a swastika painted on his house. What I don't know if there was any rich white athlete who ever received a similar type of hostility and uh, let me stop again. Bill Russell came home back in the sixties and someone broke in his house and smeared fecal matter on some of his walls. But I, I continue. Uh, I know that as much money he as, as much money he has, Diddy can't own an NFL team. What I do know is if any rich white entertainer has tried, I and what I do know is if any rich white entertainer has tried, I know that Kaepernick still can't get his job back. I don't know if, oh, I don't know Tom Brady, let's say, would have been blackballed if he decided to use his platform to protest police brutality. So though I don't know for sure what would have been in these hypothetical scenarios, I'm pretty sure the outcomes would support the fact that even though Payees don't usually discriminate against money. That doesn't necessarily mean that they don't discriminate against the payer. Even with the documentary Aries mentioned, where the brother wanted to expand his brand within a white community, but was shut down. I still struggle to see your point of view. I think what you're you're getting at was he wanted the white man money rather than the money from his black community. I'm confused how that plays to. What I believe to be your theory Money puts you on the same playing field regardless of your ethnicity. Doesn't seem like that white community saw it that way. How do we know for sure the brother wanted that white money rather than the black money? Maybe there was a demand from the white folks that attended his club to expand and have an additional location in their locale. 
right, now about your call for the American people to come up with a better way of selecting our leaders and Trump not being the worst president. Yeah, see, this is the same type of thinking that cost Hillary the election. It was okay to have this type of idealistic thinking when we had all them other Democratic candidates rather than just the one we have now. It's too late for all of that. How about we get this asshole out first before we get back to working on a better democracy? The prick has 19 sexual allegations against them. Biden has the one with spotty details. 45 has been recorded on camera saying how you got to grab women by the pussy, recorded on camera suggesting how injecting, insecting, ingesting disinfectant and sunlight rays can destroy coronavirus, inspiring thumb, 30 dumb motherfuckers to do such as reported by New York Times. Recorded on camera saying he was being sarcastic with those suggestions. Those within his cabinet either resigned, got fired, or are in jail. A paid, he paid for a porn star silence. What more does he need to do to show you he's a lot more unfit for presidency than Biden? I mean, does he need to fuck your chick for you to finally go, oh, hell no, fuck that. Now you got to go. Then after you're gone, I'm going to make sure you're gone, gone. Come on, let's stop playing around. This is the second time in my lifetime I've seen a vice president against a sitting president fighting for his second term. Hopefully we learn a lot from this time around. If not, we're fucked. A lot on that plate. Yeah, yeah, there is, but I think we addressed quite a bit of it in this last podcast. It's my my feeling of what I was trying to say about money and accumulating power. But I, I'm going to start backwards, and then we can work our way into it, because I think I did address a lot of the first part of it on this podcast. Uh, president Trump. When I said he wasn't the worst president we've ever had, uh, I wasn't stating... Uh, that he was better than Biden. I never said that. I didn't say that I was going to vote for Trump. I understand what your feelings are and why you said that, because as soon as you heard Trump, you went into uh, that. I'm saying Trump is, is a good president. He's in the running for one of the worst presidents ever, as far as I'm concerned. But when I say what's been worse, and when I say what's worse for black people in this country, uh, first of all, there was presidents that sat on slavery while they in their while in their administration in their presidency. There, it, there was slavery was legal, even though these are the same people who fought the British so that they would not be slaves to Britain, and then uh, and then uh, put slavery in, and they did knowingly that it was wrong for what they wanted to set up as this country and that's why it's how it's written in the constitution why it's they moved away from it because they knew that they were being hypocrites to what they were set out to do all of those presidents i'm not saying they're the if you sat through that as a hypocrite or something but i'm going to tell you who i think was the worst president especially for blacks is woodrow wilson the person that sat as president as Jim Crow, Crow laws were put in place. So you were removed from slavery, and then you are uh, freed. I in in and I put quotes up when I say that supposedly freed, even though that you don't you, you don't have the same you, you aren't allowed to walk in this America the same way. But then this man, this president, actually put you back into a legal form of slavery using Jim Crow laws. So just the history of the presidents have never done good things for black people in general. When you talk about that's how we got this guy over Hillary, Hillary's crime bill is one of the worst th 
things for black America. When we talk, when Aries spoke today on this podcast and he talked about the prison system being part of slavery, akin to slavery, she was one of the people that was the architect of those laws. So when I say it, I'm not saying uh, let's have four more years of Trump. I, I love what Diddy said when he said we need the black vote needs to be. It's not just going to be handed over. There's there's value in that vote and they need value back. That is more my point when I said it's easy to blame Trump. If you blame Trump, that's like saying um, that's like coronavirus and saying I, I wouldn't mind coronavirus. It's just the runny nose that I don't like. It's a symptom of a bigger problem. Trump is a system of a bigger problem. That's my point, and that's what gets lost when you hear the word Trump and then you react. So that that's my point. What was the other thing that I I, I, I know I know, but just I know, but just to be clear, because you seem to be driving that point hard. That you know you you actually even use the words Biden was just as bad. I didn't as say Trump. Biden was just as bad. I never said I that. Swear you, I, I swear you did. When right now? You, you, no, in podcasts in the past. I don't think that I said Biden was just as I, bad. I, 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 I really believe I, you did. I you said did. the Demo- I, I If I did, I'm, I stand corrected. The Democratic Party has been just as bad at taking care of minorities uh, in this country as as the Republican Party. They haven't made change that's been substantial that people have been able to succeed without these tremendous amount of roadblocks that are put in front of minorities. They've actually right. put up more roadblocks. And the Democratic Party, unfortunately, is the party that put up a lot of those roadblocks in the first place. Now, I'm not saying the Democratic Party is better or worse. I'm just saying they're both bad as they stand today. Can we make changes to those platforms? Can people of color have a more of a say that their vote means more because it actually comes with more? I I feel a very good friend of mine who who who's black and called me and one day and I and I have to say that he's black so that I can say that this opinion is coming from a black man. He said this election between Hillary and Trump is the first election where you're voting like a black person. This is the first election when you're voting for who you think is going to hurt you the least. In other words, blacks don't go to the polls to vote for what's best for them. They go to the polls to vote for who's going to fuck them the mo- the least. That's my point about uh, Trump, the parties, politics, and the way this country is. That's my point. Maybe I didn't say it right, and I, I apologize if I said Biden was just as bad. Biden has things that are as bad as Trump. Is he as bad? Do I think he would hurt this country as much as, as, as Trump can get credit for uh, some economy issues. He can get credit for some, but you cannot keep taking credit as you shit and ruin other people's lives. That's it. So let me ask you, as your stance, I mean, because, you know, there's always going to be conflicting arguments or points of view. But as your, as based on what he said and what I've said, has your, stand, has your stance changed at all on the, on the money thing, on the money, wealth, Wealth and racism thing. Well, okay, that's what he said. That's one thing. I've never said equality is a black man standing, a rich black man standing next to a rich white man is 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 equal because it's not because the rich black man doesn't have the same power that came with his money 
as that's already set up in this America with white power, white people being in power with money. When you are white with money, you get the advantage of the power of white men with money in this country. So equally on the same footing, uh, a billionaire black man and a billionaire white man, the white man has the advantage of more power in his corner. So no, I'm not saying that makes you equal. I'm talking about what would make us equal is over the period of, of time is accumulating the power as well as the wealth. But you are never going to be serviced without the money. And when I said that about uh, the black man wanting to move his, his uh, project to a white neighborhood, what I'm saying is that accumulation of wealth can be re- is redistributed through that. Okay, so here's the other side of that story. And I, I kind of got where he was going. If, you, if, you open, if you're a black businessman and you open up in a white neighborhood, now you can bring white dollars it back into your company, which you could put into your black community. Which is which is what someone like Jordan was able to do with his Air Jordan company. But now the money has to go back to the black community. And there's very few people that are willing to put money into a res- to resurrect a community that may not be the most desirable community at this particular moment. There may be moments where there's better investments to have better return on your capital, but in the long run, that money needs to go to improve those neighborhoods and bring money and power to those people that have been forgotten. That's my point. I'm not trying to say that I can fix this, but if I, I, I've said this before in the podcast. If we gave everybody a million dollars, the way this country is set up right now, if everyone in the world was given a million dollars tomorrow, so everybody's a millionaire, within a few years, the people that had the wealth and the power now, within a few years, would be able to relieve most of the people with their million dollars. They would bring that into their pot, and those people would be poor again. I would say within 10 years that could happen. The change has to be made at the top, but you're only going to do that by accumulating the wealth and accumulating power. That's my point. I don't, I'm not even telling you how to do it because I don't know. I'm a, but, but, I'm a but, 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 but again, the means to accumulate wealth and power are often, you know, Put dictated, dictated by the people who are racist. Exactly. I'm not, saying that, I'm not saying that's not true, but with more wealth and more power, you can start to break that down. And how you do that, a part of the way is doing it, is to enhance your community. You have to, you have, to have strength in your community. Listen, there's this thing called... Uh, listen, and this is, this is more about, about racism than it is about just the wealth and power that I'm talking about. And it's called Occam, Occam's Razor. And it's the simplest... I, the simplest uh, it's when there's a problem, the simplest idea is probably, or the simplest solution is probably the right answer. Uh, the simplest theory is probably the right theory. And, and, and let's put it this way. If you're, in a, if you're in a poor black neighborhood and you're driving a incredible expensive car and you stand out in that car, take race out of this. I'm not even put race in this, because, but we can put it back in afterwards. <laughs> And that car is going down that road in that poor neighborhood. The simplest idea would be those people are probably not doing the right thing because they have that car in that neighborhood. Correct or am I incorrect? If you saw, if you say in a black neighborhood, if you saw a white dude driving an expensive car and he had a grill 
and uh, he was all, uh, he had a bunch of, uh, he had spinners on his car. What would you think that white dude was doing? Hanging out with niggas. In a bad neighborhood? Do you think he's part of the bad neighborhood? Do you think he's bringing bad goodness or badness to the neighborhood? If, if he's driving that kind of car, I don't know what he's bringing, but clearly he associates himself with the community enough to feel safe enough to do it. <laughs> That's another, but, but most people, most especially white people, would assume that that dude is doing something illegal. That the white dude is? Even the white dude. If he, the white, in, in a white neighborhood, a, a white dude with grills and, uh, and, and put cornrows in his hair and send him out in a, in a Land Rover with, four, with, with 24-inch wheels and spinners, what are they going to say? Do they think that he is a lawyer? Or that he's a drug dealer? I don't think that they'll think that he's a lawyer, but I don't necessarily assume that they'll think he's a drug dealer. I'm, I'm, I live in white neighborhoods. I'm going to tell you, they, they would think he was a drug dealer because that's the look that they perceive is what is the problem. Now add black to that in that white neighborhood. What would they perceive that he is? Well, we already know that. Okay. So, but, so the inequality is in the perception. If a neighbor, if if, if a neighbor, okay, but wait, if a neighborhood was a good neighborhood, let's say, you know, and this is hard for me to even use because I'm going to a state that has a huge problem right now, but in Atlanta, and so let me, let me, let me put this in. uh, Just for the record, just for the record, a lot of them white dudes with the cornrows and the grills and the spinners and them cars, they drive around like that and then go home to their mommy and daddy's house. That's true as well. That's true as well. But what, I'm, what I was going to say is if you put a black dude in a bad neighborhood in a Mercedes, uh, the police would look at it and go, oh, that guy's a drug dealer. Or, am I incorrect in saying that? Yeah. So if the neighborhood was a good neighborhood, let's now go to Atlanta where we have black wealth and someone's driving, a black dude is driving his Mercedes in there. Is that the first idea that they would believe? Because now many black men are driving a Mercedes in that neighborhood. Now, is that the first thought? I'm saying. What I'm saying is it may be still the first thought. I'm saying the perception has to change. And the way you change the perception partially is to accumulate wealth and it to accumulate power. Now the perception is there. You're successful. My, my dentist, when I grew up and the only reason I say this is because uh, Chris, Chris Rock has a joke about this. My dentist was a black dude. His dad, he bought his dentistry. He brought his practice from his dad who was a black dude. So they had wealth. They had money. They were doctors. In, an, in a white neighborhood. I've grown up seeing the difference between how people who have wealth and power and uh, of color are treated by other white people because they know that they have generational wealth and power. It is different. It is different. But that needs to change in neighborhoods because all we're doing right now is moving black people around and changing the neighborhood. The black neighborhood needs to be a neighborhood that's sought after. That's a way to change the perception. I don't know how to do that. I'm not, I'm not saying that I do. I'm not saying that it's going to fix everything. I'm saying that's part of the change. I'm a, okay. I'm a comedian who has some social uh, ideas, but does not know how to put them in place. All right, let me, this is a really short one and it's a good note. Uh, that's very light. Uh, 
from Sean Rainshaw, Strip Clubs in New York City. Bro, love your comedy and a fan of the podcast. Just wondering if you've ever been to Sugar Daddy's Strip Club in Queens. I've been a couple times and it's awesome. Keywords, fat ass Latino video vixens. I might head out to the city once this pandemic clears. One love from Boston, homie, Sean. You know what, Sean? One of the greatest strip clubs I've ever been to is in Yonkers. Is it Yonkers? No, it's not Yonkers. It's uh, where, Den- where Denzel is from. Fuck. Uh, Mount Vernon, I think. It's called Sue's Rand- Rendezvous. Man, listen to me, fellas. Listen to me. If you ever get to, what do they call it? Money earning Mount Vernon? If you ever get to Mount Vernon, Sue's Rendezvous. <laughs> Man, it smells like goyo beans and cocoa butter with a hint of adobo. Woo! Yeah. That's it. That's all I got. Uh, I, I, I'm very happy that you gave out the best place for uh, adobo uh pussy uh but uh going back to what i just uh, what we're saying is don't forget in the uh 60s 70s even through the 80s the italian community was upset about the perception that was laid about them as being mafiosos gangsters because that's how they were viewed part of the perception change how you're perceived i'm not saying uh, the black communities up in a lot of different industries came from selling a gangster like community or mentality. But now you have to evolve like Jordan Peele, uh, with movies that aren't about being a gangster. It's a movie. Uh, it, it, it's the movie. Uh, his movies are not based on that anymore because the, the ability to change the perception is available now. Yes. That's all. That's I, I know that I'm I know that I'm not right, but I'm telling you I'm not wrong. I know there, there are certain elements of what you're saying where I go, I see where you're coming from. But at the root of it, there's a lot of elements in terms of what I'm saying where one is fucking with the other. Agreed. You you, you but those are obstacles that have to be met, but you have to accumulate certain things to meet those obstacles. Dude, 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 here's, here's the thing. Again, what you're saying in theory is correct. That's how it should be. But the reality is it's not. And, and the reality is based in race, racist ideology, racist behavior. So this, this world you speak of, we all want to get there. We all w- want to live in it, but the reality is it ain't that. The other option is the nuclear option. Mm. So, you know, obviously I'm going to advocate for hopefully a political change that makes those changes and the reality of what I'm saying uh, that we know is the right thing to make happen. That needs to happen. If it doesn't, I, I guess I'm going to be quarantined as as I watch the world burn. Yeah, well, you know, shit, nigga. Uh, turn on your sprinkler system. <laughs> it's getting hot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a raw man. I have no answers. 
I, I mean, I have theories. I have no answers, and I'm not pretending. I'm, I'm not trying to say I have the answers. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Right. I'm going to leave it with that, right. that because I know that that's all I got. All right. But we just did a two-hour podcast for the people. Yummy. Got to get the people. Get the people what they want. There we go. All right, man. All right, brother. As always, y'all, uh, Aries Spears 45 at Hotmail for all your emails, questions, concerns. And uh, there it be. Oh, and uh, this Sunday during The Last Dance, I am premiering my new Me vs. LeBron stands <laughs> short one-minute video. I think you'll get a kick out of it. Uh, I'm andycomedy.com. All my social media is in the upper right-hand corner. Uh, if we get this out on Monday, I want to let you know that later that week, I will have something. Uh, I'll be doing a virtual roast, and it's at heliumpresents.com. You can go on there, and you can get tickets to see the roast if you want to. Uh, love you to come out and uh, virtually see me. Dude, I'm going crazy. I need to get my dicks by some other woman. I'm going crazy, nigga. Oh, goodness. <laughs> nigga, even my, even my real who is can't fly back in town. See, you, you should have set up something local. <sighs> I ain't got no reason to leave the house. I'm locked down. <laughs> All right, man. You better, maybe you should uh, maybe get, get, her, get her a wig. And, uh, no, I don't, I don't play that bullshit. I know who it is. <laughs> I know that's you, Bruce Wayne. Fuck out of here. <laughs> Talk to you later, man. All right. Can you feel it, baby? <laughs> <laughs>